It is, and I don't have the time. Yeah. You know, I, it's like, I was just thinking about, I have watched Shudder maybe five times, mm. and I've been subscribing regularly for a while, and it's like, it's almost the point of, well, I want to have the time, and and then I feel like I need to, like, I'm going to sit down and like, okay, right now I'm going to. I'm going to make sure that Disney Plus subscription is being used. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go through Netflix, you know. Well, Disney Plus is easy to very – I mean, there's so much – so much – cool. I mean, I, having, I feel like Malcolm McDowell in a clockwork. Right, just go yeah. do, put me back there and just go – except I'm happy to be watching it. Right. It's like – Just keep dropping the eye drops in my eyes. What new thing have I just discovered? Yeah. What new thing? Yeah. It's, you know. No, the, um, the epics – to to I mean when Epics I was very happy when Epics became part of Comcast and oh yeah you I said could that. watch and all I, the Pennyworth and I stuff gone, I haven't gone back to finish Pennyworth I you, watched yeah. the first three you, you really, yeah that's no, no. Yeah. and and I, I, mean, uh, I wasn't gonna say it yeah well no you were I just got you off I know you we we've played this game many times uh, before Mister really Bond should watch it Derek <laughs> you're a bad person <laughs> if you don't watch that that's not usually what you say but you really should and I go mm-hmm, yes I know Rick it's time it's 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 time. Um, I went back and watched a couple more episodes of the Ultraman anime because See, I've watched, I haven't watched that for Christmas. Uh, Stephanie gave me from Japan an Ultraman figure, right. but for the anime. And this is one of those horrible things. And don't you hate when you do this is I said, uh, I'd been saying for a couple of months, like that's my least favorite of the Ultraman yes. because it doesn't fit in the rest of Right. Of the continuity, and the people kept telling me, "No, it does. No, it does." Uh-huh. And so, when I opened it on Christmas, she's like, "You're okay with that?" Because for the last couple of months, you've been saying that's your least favorite <laughs> Ultraman. But and then she gave me uh, an action no, stand. Your response should be, "Now it's my favorite." favorite. I I would as it will go. I have an I have a another figure of that from the manga, yeah. and so I went back and watched it. And a few more episodes, and said, no, it doesn't really tie into the others. Um, it, but it makes references to the others, right? To like, aren't we being clever? But it actually is pretty good. It's just, uh, you know, I don't know why it became such a snub. I think what happened was I watched it at a time when I cared about continuity, mm-hmm. and the last year has broken me of that. That's what I mean. Uh, that's why my bacon thing about firing the cannon is I was thinking about this is like Lee Presson of all people, the most strident of Joker fans of Cesar Romero of, of you yeah. know, he's got his very inflexible. He was online a couple nights ago going, I finally watched Joker and God damn it. It was good. Yeah. You know? And, and so I thought, yeah, I mean, it, it's just whatever. Just give me some broad strokes of the character, and it's recognizable. And it's only an only the good people have trouble holding on to their prejudices. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> only good people have trouble holding on to their prejudices. Don't think too much. About uh, no, I can't. I it's that's a Brett Schneiderism. I can't. I can't <laughs> even come up with a good phrase for it. But so anyway. I think that's a fine place to enter. Good. <laughs> hey, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and welcome to the Fanboy Planet podcast, hosting and producing across from me with a lovely, shiny... It's so shiny. It's so shiny. It's my board. To me, my board, Rick Brett Snyder. Welcome. Here we go. Uh, and so we are here at the Brett Cave in an undisclosed location in San Jose. We got some comics news, some movie news, some TV news. And but first of all, I do want to mention up top that of course, if there's anything we talk about on this 
episode that you would like to own for your very own and that you can legally. And you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store. Each and every page on Fanboy Planet has an Amazon search box. Sometimes there are direct links in articles and on the uh, on the podcast page that link to items we talk about. And again, if you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar, we are affiliated with Amazon. Any purchases that get made through a link on the Fanboy Planet site may lead to a small amount of uh, revenue generated for us as well, and we appreciate that. If you would like to help defray the cost of running Fanboy Planet and uh, the podcast itself, if you are enjoying this and you would like to donate a little money, you can go to PayPal and, of course, donate at editor at fanboyplanet.com. We also have an affiliation, I should say, with CBS uh, All Access. But to the best of my knowledge, no one has ever subscribed to it through Fanboy Planet, and that's Mm -hmm. okay. But I do want to mention Star Trek Picard is coming. This this is not a paid advertisement. I'm just excited about Star Trek Picard. It's the 24th. Is it that soon? I think so. I got to clear my decks. Okay. So anyway, uh, you can go there. And if you'd like to join the conversation, of course, uh, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I, I certainly respond to emails and and we do read them on the podcast when we get them. You can also join the conversation on Facebook, uh, which is, we have a page there, Fanboy Planet. Each and every article gets kind of touted there, linked. And you can follow us on Twitter, at Fanboy Planet. You can follow us on Instagram, at Fanboy Planet. Yes, there's a pattern. And, of course, we do have the Discus discussion board on each and every page of Fanboy Planet as well. You can edit, you can join the conversation that way. I'd love to hear from you. And... That's really all I want to say about Picard's it. Picard's on the 23rd. Picard's on January 23rd. Yes. I'm excited. All right. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about comics uh, before, there. I do want to mention a few – has it been a couple of months already since we had the opportunity to talk to David Dasmalchian, the actor, writer, and uh, comic book creator who has a book from Dark Horse right now, Count Crowley, Midnight – Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter. Yes. Yes, I wanted to remember sure I got the title correct there. Anyway, uh, I am disappointed, speaking of the end of January, I am disappointed that I will be in Northern California. I had the title right? Yeah. yeah. That, uh, unfortunately, will not be able to attend. He have yet to meet him in person. He'll be signing the fourth issue of Count Crowley, Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter, at Black Cat Comics in Burbank on Saturday, January 25th, from 1 to 3 p.m., it's a cool little store, and I wanted to call it out also because there's a Black Cat Comics in Milpitas, California, hmm. and there's a larger question I want to have is, can you trademark comic book store names? Like, could somebody... Could, I think you can. Could it's, somebody... Regardless of what kind of Could somebody reopen comics and comics? Or would it seem like a cheap cash Depends grab? on whether or not somebody owns the trademark for it. Yeah. Well, but it... But it I know there's this one, in, and, and if you have another Black Cat, I would love to hear this, if like there are warring Black Cat comics yeah. all across the country. and that uh, Our cat spelled with a K. No, uh, this one in Black Cat. I know. In, in Burbank, they're both spelled the same way. I've been to both, and although I haven't been to the the newer Milpitas location, I, I hesitate to say new location because I think they've been there like for four or five years, and I just haven't had the opportunity i've been there once the occasion to go there we were driving by on a sunday coming back from like somewhere in the north bay and it was before they were open so i could only look in the windows well i mean you know i feel i feel badly i have not made it up to newark you know to even go to green machine comics yet which i know you've been been Mm -hmm. once and uh that's uh by many accounts a great store and the owner is a friend and i just steve admire the pillow uh, absolutely, the the Nicholas Cage, the Cult mm-hmm. of Cage, and I think that that's awesome. So I, it was just kind of interesting. And the Black Cat Comics in Burbank is an interesting layout as well. I think I went by there maybe a week after they had first opened, and it was kind of it used to be the Bearded Lady Vintage Museum. It's like an antique store, but of dark things. And that moved across the street. Now it's a museum. It, it's a it really is a museum and a gallery, but gift shop, all kind of cool creepy stuff and part of that magnolia park district which i absolutely love there's so many cool cool shops in there including my beloved dark delicacies but uh black cat is is neat but it's like in the space of a house which did make me feel like going back to cowper in palo alto 
that it wasn't comics and comics was that way, but there was a used bookstore called Chimera that was oh, yeah. off of yeah, and it was like it was in a house, yeah, yeah. and you just go from bedroom to you know, room to room. This is the science fiction room, and you know it, yep. it, it was really cool. So that's what Black Cat Comics is like. Really well stocked with with great vintage toys. And is that fair to say vintage when I'm talking like oh, yeah, toy definitely. biz stuff from the nineties? <laughs> but well, uh, it's a sliding scale. I, I guess. No, I accept that yeah. when you when you realize that. Uh, like in the seventies, there was that big fifties nostalgia craze, right? And you think about that and go, "We're actually now, we're we're farther away from the nineties, yes, than we were from the fifties when we were in the seventies, yeah, yeah." And that still hurts my head to think about that. Yeah. Fifties had style, though. Where is today's the nineties? Yeah. No, I know what was the nineties Fonz. You know, where's that character? But anyway. Let's get back on Paul track. That, that David Desmond, I'm okay with that. That David Desmalchian, uh is signing at, at Black Cat, and I, th- I think you should absolutely go by. And if you can say hi from Fanboy Planet, as we 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 enjoyed the conversation, we enjoy the book. We're really looking forward to its continuation. So, uh, I want to do talk about the future. It's 2020, Rick. You realize, this? and I, I and this just clicked in my head. What has Marvel done with Iron Man 2020 now that we're actually in oh, no, 2020? Arno Stark, Stark is uh, is Yeah, but he's in not it. in the future anymore. No, he's not. That, ouch, it hurt my head. Yeah. Uh, when I talk about the future, though, I, I do that, that That was the first comic produced on a Macintosh. And it wasn't Shatter? It was Mike's, uh, Mike Sane's. Oh, no, you're right. Mike Sainz did both, Shatter, and, and then, and then he Man did the, the, yeah, yeah. the... Okay. Yeah. Ta-da-da! The yes. Zorlock still lives. Yes. He's weak. He's getting older, <laughs> and he needs more coffee to survive, but he's still, he's still occasionally can pull one out. Anyway, uh, no, I'm talking about the, now the future of, of, of uh, DC, uh, and a near future of some events that are coming, and they just confirmed today that there's going to be a sequel to Dark Knight's Metal, which I will grant you... I'm I'm amused by the title that it will be uh, Scott Snyder and dang it uh, the same artist that that did that uh, Dark Knight's Metal and I'm blanking on his name. See, the Zorlak is failing there already. Uh, but it's the guy that did all the Batman run with Scott Snyder as well and the and the right. the last night on Earth and uh, they're doing Death Metal, a sequel. And again, if you play like a Led Zeppelin album while reading it, I'm okay with it. Or, or even, I think, more ACDC. But, uh, but the, Black Sabbath. I, I can see that as well. I yeah. would accept that. Either way, uh, some kind of just bizarre, out there, co- super cosmic thing that Scott Peterson, I think. No, that's not his name. Hawkwind. I had a Hawkwind album. That's where we're going to leave it. Okay, so uh, anyway, uh, I yeah. Anyway, that that it's coming, and that's cool. There's an event that we kind of overlooked, and it's still sort of it's still hazy what they're going to do. But I was in this conversation about DC has this thing called 5G coming, but they haven't been very specific. But the rumor is it is kind of aging up the teens, and a next generation of heroes hmm. is to step in and I want to applaud this move with so much of their continuity, not necessarily up in the air, but to say with all these different lines of like, I'm looking in the back of, I think I can do this young justice, which has so many of these ink and zoom graphic novels and these YA things, Diana princess of the Amazons. There's an ad for a new Barbara Gordon, uh, graphic novel coming called the Oracle code shadow of the bat girl, uh, which is about Cassandra Cain. Uh, oh, no, Amethyst, that's what, that one's right. But I see so many of these, and, and again, like a whole row of, uh, I went to the comic shop, a whole row of, um, last night I saw at Collector's Paradise, a whole row of of the the black black label books, like oh, yeah. like Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, and uh, again, you know, 5,000 different Joker versions and of Harley Joker and, and Joker and Harley and Harley and Joker yeah. and Harley and Ivy and whatever and and just plant life. Anyway, uh, the, the, there's all, all of these different alternate versions that don't really connect to each other. I think it's time for the continu- the main continuity to just 
you know, buck up and do it. Take that next step because people will still, the people that you're making money off of Bruce Wayne as Batman with, yeah. they're not reading the comics and you can still sell that version in movies. That would be Robert Pattinson coming and the Matthew Reeves, the Batman. We'll talk about that in a bit. Well, they've done it in spits and spurts over the years. So you had Robin, who's not Nightwing, who is mm-hmm. arguably a, an adult young yeah. man, right? I think Marvel's worse at it. So you've got, like, in X-Men, for example, um, Jubilee, mm-hmm. who I think is still a vampire. Uh, I didn't know. Oh, that's right. She was. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Okay. And she is the, she has adopted a baby named Shogo. And Shogo has been a baby for a decade. And Jubilee's like 14. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So leave that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they're, but they're well, letting the, the, they're letting the Fantastic Four kids age. Right, and this is what uh, what Final Crisis was supposed to do originally. Like, yeah. if you remember that Legends Never Die, there was the silhouettes was the first house ad for it. It's funny that I think a book could be written, or at least an article, uh, of house ads that never that the house ad came out and then they got cold feet, or they changed their mind and the event became something else. And Legends Never Die was that basically the seven Justice League with the Pantheon. We're going to come out, and that's what happened before New Fifty Two was. You had a Justice League that was Dick Grayson as Batman. It uh-huh. was Donna Troy as Wonder Woman. It was Roy Harper as Green Arrow. It was I don't know who stepped into the Aquaman role, but it wasn't it wasn't Garth because I think Tempest had become something. Maybe it was mm. uh, or some other character. Maybe it was Dolphin. And um, that the idea was that the seven would move on, and that's why also why Grant Morrison originally killed Bruce Wayne, and then it became he got sent back in time, and blah, right? Blah, blah, blah. And that became somewhat incomprehensible for a little bit, and then it's like because Grant Morrison, I trusted him, but that was his original. Did give us a great new Batman with uh, with uh, right. with Robin. That right? Was, that no, was that was the, that's the best. That's the best the, either yeah. of those characters have ever been, yeah. and. So it's 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 time. There's a whole generation of readers, a whole generation of fans. It's sort of like what happened with Justice League when you when you did a Green Lantern movie and there was a, there was a generation that grown up watching Justice League Unlimited and thought, who's Hal Jordan? Right. And it's John Stewart. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. you can change who right. it is. Right. And you can, in in people's mind, and you don't have to placate the people my, our age who grew up with one thing. We've still got, all those are still on the shelf. And my God, I still got like 10 years worth from the 60s to read of Green Lantern, for example. And so go ahead and create a new, new version. I mean, Young Justice, I know you, you mentioned you read the first, first six. You know, you've got Teen Lantern. How yeah. it took this long for that for that pun to happen, I don't know. But... It's, uh, there's so many Green Lanterns. I was just, uh, talking at Elusive tonight. Uh, did you read Far? Dang it. Now I'm blanking on the title of that too. The, the, um, the Green Lantern book by, I think it's N.K. Jemison uh, for, no, I for Young Animal. It, I Far it. Sector. Yeah, yeah. Which is just plopped you right in it's the middle a real of. real science fiction. Uh, but heavy. it's a new Green Lantern yeah. from Earth. No explanation. Right. It's just in the midst of that story. And it was terrific. And I had to special order issue number two because it it came out and I was in transit between shops, whatever, and it sold out. Yeah. And apparently it is really popular and should be. Um, it's a totally different take. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, I that's those are, I'm realizing the older I get, the more show me something new. So anyway, I'm all for 5G. As a as a comic book, uh, until DC crisis is it all away, which of course is how Doomsday Clock ended, explaining, "Oh, don't worry, we've got plenty more crises for you." <laughs> and I'm like, "Really? <laughs> to you, prom? Oh God!" Anyway, um, I'm too tired for that. On the last podcast, we did I did throw out the question of what was going to uh, of where a retailer might want to stock, stock up, up on books yeah. for Birds of Prey coming, which looks to be pretty popular. Uh, I say looks to be because, of course, it isn't out yet, but it, but there's a lot of buzz. And uh, so what I did see is that they're releasing Birds of Prey trade paperbacks 
that are solo stories. Like so, so last week was Birds of Prey, Huntress. Yeah. So it's Huntress stories. There is a Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey trade paperback out this week that has a cover that is uh, art based on one of the movie posters for the fabulous emancipation of, of one Harley Quinn. But it's still solo stories or it's stories that showcase each character individually rather than this is Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. So as far as All I right. can tell still, and at this recording – the podcast really hasn't been out long enough for somebody to write in and say, how about this collection or this this art? Right. But, uh, so I'm still out there, editor at fanboyplanet.com. Any recommendations that people should be reading to get into the into this? I'm sure that, you know, if somebody's interested in, well, who are these characters, that's a pretty good trade paperback, the one that's out right yeah, now. Yeah. But they aren't working together as a team. No, but I, I mean... The movie they're not going to start off in the movie working together either so it's not like it's not like the yeah. team has a lot of yeah a lot of history or depth so although again there are some terrific birds uh, there are some terrific stories under the title birds, birds of, of prey, prey of those people working together and the cw series or it wasn't it was the wb series at that time yeah uh birds of prey not bad i think available on cw seed if you want to see, and it is at least a good look at the Huntress or a version of the Isn't Huntress. Isn't it available on DC Universe? I don't know because I I would have bleeped over because I have it on DVD, yeah. so I've never. I think it may be. I, it's yeah. another one i got to catch up. I still on Harley Quinn, and, and i got to finish up Titans before yeah. the next one comes. Anyway, so let's turn to comics that are here this week. What is the pick of the week for you, Rick? The pick of my week is a warning. Okay. And it's a warning. We should have like some kind of siren. <laughs> All hands on deck. Eh. Eh. Yeah, yeah. Eh, eh. That, that we're melting down buzzer thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, back in the turn of the century, Marvel did a bunch of books that were all prefaced with the words, the end. And by the way, by you just totally depressed me by <laughs> saying <laughs> that at the turn of the century. Because I, I think you said it thinking that was 10 years ago and it was 20. It was, well, it was, I, I know it was, the, but it was the turn of the century. It was like 2002, I think was the first one of that. that uh, but they were, they were the end preface to a name of a character. So they had the end for... Uh, Wolverine and the end Hulk and the end Punisher and and I'm only mentioning the good ones that that were not great but they were good and the the bad thing about these and they were all under the under the uh, the premise that this was the story of how they eventually died how they went out their last adventure before everything done which we've had for Wolverine a couple times I think now but Let's go on. Um, this week, 20 years later, Miles Morales. Out of everything, Miles Morales. Now, they're going to do four or five new ones over the next couple of months. And I'm just going to say right now, if there's one character whose youthful enthusiasm, fun, right, and what have you, is still... Not established enough for me to go, you know what I really want to see? How he dies. How he dies as an old man. Right, right. I, I don't. And But this is the first one. They, I I believe this is the first one that they've released in this, this small batch. Um, if so, they show me Moon Girl, the end, I'm out. Yeah. So this, it's got a couple of different covers. My favorite was by, by Raza. And it's it actually looks pretty cool, right? No, that's a cool that's a cool cover. It's it's uh, like a blurred background, and and this you know you can only tell he's an older man because you can see a little wisp of goatee that's gray or yeah. white in front, and he's doing a, an interesting dive on the front. Danny Glover is, is. Miles, <laughs> Miles Morales. Morales. Ooh. I'm two days away from <laughs> retirement. from retirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not gonna. I, I don't really want to dis the uh the artist in this but it's just not my cup of tea and i'm trying to find the page where do you remember who it is we talked about this earlier yeah but i didn't look um uh damien scott is the artist and it's a very it's a very fluid um 
almost too, it's really kind of too fluid for me in that I can't really tell what's a leg and what's an arm in this, on this page on the left. Um, yeah, I can't. It I looks really a bit not manga-esque in layout. And, and, and I should call out, it's, it's written by Saladin Ahmed, who yes. I really like as a writer. Right. And so, who is currently the Miles, I think, currently the Miles Morales writer. I should know that, but I'm like 12 issues behind on, on Miles. We read way too much. We do. So, and okay, not enough. So why am I saying this is a warning? Well, this is a warning because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. And it's not really, I mean, these, these books just don't matter because they have no, they're, they're supposed to be fun kind of explorations, but they're fun explorations of how characters you love go out, die. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't buy into, I, I remember reading the original ones and kind of going, I really didn't enjoy this at all. Well, and we just had something similar with Spider-Man life story. Yes. We've had a couple, which a couple, did it, which ended Peter and gave the, gave, gave the man over two to miles, his son, two miles. To, well, yes. Okay. There's another one. No, that's the JJ Abrams J, Spider-Man. Yeah, Abrams doing one, that. yeah. Yeah. So we've had a couple of, hopefully those. you can I'll pay attention to that in our panel on one of our many yes. panels at Baycon. Yes. I think I put in to say, I, I'm willing to do up to eight a day. I, I don't know. I, I, not that many, <laughs> but I did want to be enthusiastic and, so, and join yeah, as many yeah, yeah. conversations as possible. So this is a, this is a standard size book that they're charging a dollar more for. It's not even a heavier stock cover. And I, again, the the story is. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's it's an older Miles. He's still active. He's protecting Brooklyn uh, against this world-ending um, germ plague thing that's going on. And you've got a character, a brand new character in it, who really uh, could have been Nuke from Captain America. For it would have been better if it had been Old Man Nuke up against Old Man Miles. Um, old man Nuke. So I have nothing in this book that says some. I can't think of anybody who I would say, yeah, this is the book for you. You really want to read this book. Do, do you find? I, let's get philosophical for a minute. Right now, does it tie into? Uh, does your distaste or disappointment in this book tie into a feeling where I feel like the? Um, like those else worlds that are going on right now where it's for the dark universe at DC uh-huh. where because of the way the world, the real world, occasionally we talk about this right now. Yes. I don't, I don't want to see stories right. of, of the fall. I, and I know this because for years I've said, Oh, we totally need to, you know, I don't a, need a story about a future Australia where there is no plant life because it all burned. I don't need that story right now. I'm still hopeful they're going to get those fires under right, control. Right, but, but but I I really need a clear good will triumph. And as much yeah. as I'm 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 up up for death metal, those alternate universe stories asking me you know over at DC to say oh this is how Nightfall ended even worse than how it ended yeah. in the real yeah is like no don't you understand I don't want to see Billy Batson for example. As much as I dig that, you know, Cena Grace got a shot there at oh, King Speaking Shazam. of which, here's your copy of Seance back. Well, a little follow. We rarely <laughs> do this. Did you read it? I did. What did you think? Oh, God, it's bad. Okay. Um, so there we go. Uh, the Seance Room. Uh, you were, I, I'll, I'll tell you, you didn't pick enough at it. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. You probably had more time for reflection. But anyway, so I feel like I want books right now. And you can call me immature, you can call me naive, whatever, and I don't mean you, Rick. I mean, you can, but I'll just cry. You, audience. Uh, but I do want something clearer and, and, and purer, and it's like when I get frustrated with Warner Brothers saying, we don't know how to make Superman work. It's like, you don't need to make Superman work. He's pure, he's good. It's yeah. how other people reflect against him that make a difference. That's why my... Brandon Routh on Crisis worked so well, and that's why it, when he referenced Superman three, the only five minutes to me that work in in Superman three are that fight with himself where he does look at his dark side that isn't real because it's not real and yeah. wins, and it's Clark Kent that wins, the decent person, and we need to stand up for that. And comics and DC and Marvel guys, even 
at their most troubled in the 60s under Stan and Jack and Steve Ditko. Well, okay, Stan and Jack. At their most troubled, they were still good people that overcame their tribulations to do the right thing. Right. You think of one of the best Fantastic Four stories, this man, this monster, when a villain takes Ben Grimm's form Form. and realizes I'm nothing. Yeah. That it's that Reed and the real Ben Grimm are heroes. Yeah. And, you know. No, I, I, you look at, you make fun of the two stacks I've got here. On the top of one of them is Fantastic Four, which is all about family. It's all about adventuring. It's all like, uh, it's all fun a- adventure um, goodness. And then I am really digging the whole Hickman uh, mutants turnaround. And that's dealing with a world changing mutant population and the ramifications of some positive stuff going on in in this science fictional mm-hmm. world now um and that's what i'm that's and it's what I almost go for. making me rethink my choice because i don't want it i i because you're going to jump in at number one i'll go with this but okay. i'm just going to tout for the immortal hulk better be up for hugo this year yeah and, and not just an eisner a Hugo, and because the moral things that are being questioned in this, through a monster who is discovering that he may, even at his darkest, may still be better than most of the people <laughs> around. Well, you think that that book is so dark, but it is it's it's a it's classic horror, and it is thought provoking. It's not it's not yeah. just like slasher nonsense. Al Ewing, if you're listening, or if someone who knows Al Ewing is listening. We got to sit down and have an interview with you, dude, because mm. you are one of the best writers working in comics yeah. today. And I thought everything that could possibly be said about Hulk was said. It's not you're saying it, and you keep you keep uncovering new depths. Anyway, the recommendation I'll give because it's number one. Dang it, I'm still torn. do that one. Do that. Do one. this one. You want because be happy. this is I do want to be no. I do think that this one. Uh, uh, just so people we'll know, talk about it. Talk about it both. I don't it's, know. it's Marvel's X is good it was not super inspirational but it's good and if you were a fan of marvels and if you were a fan of earth x it's a good continuation but the book that i found just the slight delight because i i i normally don't buy these anymore on a regular basis uh it's titans doctor who i buy the trades uh so i have a a bookshelf full of trades of, of of titans doctor who comics but i had to pick this up because it's uh, the 10th uh, team up with the, with the 10th Doctor. So it's the 13th Doctor and the 10th Doctor. That's Jody and David Tennant. And it's a midquel, normally also a concept that I don't like, but this works, which is a midquel being it's a story that takes place in the middle of another episode specifically. What is the the Bink and uh, Tag and Bink, uh, Tag are, and dead? Bink are dead? No, no, no. I like those. Yeah. I, you know, I like Rosencrantz and Gilson are dead, that right, kind sure, of thing. Sure, sure. But uh, but I think Disney uh, TV TV animation did a lot of midquels that like Bambi two where I kind of went uh, mm, this yeah. is dumb, uh, but this is not this is doc, this is a a midquel to Blink, and it's when the tenth Doctor and Martha Martha Jones are trapped in the sixties without the TARDIS while they're waiting for all the events of Blink to catch up so that they can get back. The 13th Doctor, I think this takes place right after this week's television episode of Doctor Who because there are references. The Orphan? Is that right? No, Spyfall Part 2. Oh, that's right. I'm looking forward to the episode after that. Yeah, I didn't get to see the, get to see the trailer for that. Right. But uh, Spyfall Part 2, after this week's, this past week's episode, right. uh, because there are revelations in that episode to the companions that they reference in this vaguely enough and very clearly enough that it that uh so because i I do want to say titan coordinates i I mean bbc approves everything but i mean the writers on titan comics make sure that that you could plug every comic story somewhere into content you know where cross up with you you know know where it takes place when it would take place and it doesn't doesn't contradict anything so this is the TARDIS has taken them, the Thirteenth Doctor and her companions, back to the sixties, and so she uh, she does have an encounter with Martha Jones, who of course has no idea who she is, but but the point that she makes, of course, is the TARDIS wouldn't 
ordinarily bring them back to purposely cross over with right. another doctor unless something was really bad. So that they're midquilling and coming up with, uh, of course, the villain of Blink was, that's the episode that introduced the, the Weeping Angels. Mm-hmm. And if you are a comics fan, and even if you're not a Doctor Who fan, I find that Blink is the, is one of the new few oh. new Who episodes that people know what it is because every because when you talk about like a gateway episode, that's the one. If you don't like Doctor Who, at least you tell people you know watch Blink, give it a shot. It's and an if amazing that you, storytelling beyond any beyond any of the content. It's just the the, yeah. the way that story is put together is just amazing. Yeah. So I found I was just really glad to pick this up and go. I'm glad I I gave in. And said, I got to hold this in my hands and read it. And it was fun as heck. So there we go. Doctor Who, the 13th Doctor. And a big banner across the top says, Issue 1, 10th Doctor team up. Because they do it kind of like seasons. Uh-huh. So I, so they make sure that every storyline can easily be collected. And I don't object to that with Doctor Who. Yeah. Because that, that makes sense. So this is uh, this is worth worth the pickup and because chances are you at least know that one episode they're referencing and that's all you need to know yep and so that's fun so let's go to movies shall we we should a new new mutant a new new mutants trailer dropped which means new mutants is actually finally gonna get released new mutants that didn't get released right 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 if you believe the hype and who knows this is studio hype is that this has been a very troubled production like they finished shooting this at least three years ago because you can and you can really tell like Maisie Williams by the way she how she looked by the end of of uh, Game, Game of, of Thrones, Thrones. Yeah. and where she's been you know like you see her in public yeah. recently she's clearly much younger in this film yeah. than she is now as Rain Wilson uh, not Rain Wilson Rain Sinclair Wolfsbane uh, Wolfsbane and uh, so. So if you believe, if you follow the troubled hype as this film was shot, it was delayed. They did reshoots. Now they're claiming, no, they never did. But apparently at one point Fox wanted a different villain. So there was a different villain revealed at the end, something like that, blah, blah, blah. The director, Josh Boone, is now claiming, nope, I finally won. This is my original cut. They could have just saved some time and released it two years ago. But, they, you know, yeah. and that's Okay. If he if he's telling the truth, it's not like he's embarrassing a Fox executive who's going to lose their job because that Fox executive already lost their job in the Disney merger. I hate to be mercenary, but that's probably actually true. So the trailer dropped. Yeah, it's really interesting. Again, kind of held to a haunted to one looks like looks like this is pure speculation, as opposed to some other sites. I'm not claiming that I have any. Knowledge, no rumor I'm picking up. This looks like it's all kind of a single location, uh, a hospital. Inside a inside a building. Inside a building, a haunted hospital. Yeah. Uh, where there was one shot near the end that seems like maybe the Demon Bear storyline that Chris Claremont and Bill mm. Sienkiewicz did. Um, and on Family Planet, on the site, I do have links to that and the original story if you're interested in going back. And it does. It's one of the things. At least right now, it doesn't look like Marvel has released a new trade of anything that would really guide you to it. Right. And uh, that's too bad. But because one, this is really good. Some really good stuff from Chris Claremont and Bob McCloud was the original artist on New Mutants, Marvel graphic novel number four, and uh, way back when in yep. the in the eighties. So anyway, it looks it, it looks frightening and scary. One thing that I'm disappointed in, and I, I kind of underplay, is that there are two characters in the original, I should say original cast of the comics that are in the movie that have been, no better way to say it, whitewashed. Cecilia Reyes is being played by Alice Braga, and, and, and the actors are good actors. That's this is not a reflection. Cecilia Reyes is a black woman. Uh, I, I think she was... Dominican in the comics. comics. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Please don't hate mail. Correct me. Absolutely. Editor at fanboyplanet.com. Right. Right. But uh, Alice Braga, good actress. I think of Brazilian descent. Um, I, I, maybe I'm just being presumptive that she's descended, uh, that she's a daughter of Sonia Braga, but I'm not, I, I'm not hmm. positive. Uh, but anyway, that she's a good actress, 
But you had this opportunity to have this really diverse cast, and they really whitewashed the New Mutants. Of all things in which that original group was, right. Roberto da Costa is being played by a Brazilian actor, Henry Zaga, but who is also very light-skinned if he's not black. What about Danny Moonstar? And it does look like Danny Moonstar may be a Native American actor. Okay. actor. Uh, I don't know know her. It looked like from the brief shot, she looks like, but, but Sunspot definitely does not look like Sunspot in the comics. Uh-huh. And I thought, it bothers me that you had this opportunity when it was part of his origin was the racism that he experienced in Brazil. And, right. you know, so right. it's just odd that they did that. But, again, this was shot three years ago. I don't it, know what anybody was thinking. My but. takeaway from that that trailer, aside from the fact that I really don't like teen psychodrama horror films, mm-hmm. was that just how good a match Maisie Williams was for... For Wolfsbane, da- for, for Rain Sinclair. Rain Sinclair. Yeah. And, um, and the fact that it was so long ago, because she's definitely younger looking yeah. in that with the short haircut and everything. But uh, I wasn't too excited, and I so we'll see. I we'll see. I mean, the thing that I find interesting about it is that really, and, and I call that on the site, is there's nothing in there. If you didn't know, well, obviously because the title's the New Mutants, but if you didn't know that it was X Men connected, right? There's nothing in that trailer that Not really makes it clear. So I'm wondering. Well, it's if, like the Gifted. You know, they did the Gifted, which was kind of a New Mutants knockoff, and even back in the like it was still in the '90s when they they Fox did a New Mutants on t- TV show. I did see that, yeah. And, I, and that that it. actually tried to be closer to the comic book than this feels like. Well, I I, mean, said, I, I think, and this is the this is the thing when you do movies is there. It's like Cardi Angelo and I went, from Earth Two. You know, he he told me that was like because he had worked on for a long time trying to bring the Hulk to the screen and before the versions that actually did make it. And he said, told me one of the things was, it's like, which, which Hulk do you do at this point? Right. And that's kind of what, what to me is new mutants. They've done all these other, if Fox had been bought by Disney, Fox's thinking with the Marvel properties they have is, well, you've done this thing with them. You've done X-Men, you've done this. What does it, truthfully, what does the New Mutants have to offer that an X-Men movie they've already done hasn't offered cinematically? So you go, okay, you look and say, if they did borrow from Demon Bear and the weird nightmarish, cool, cool, cool art by Bill Sienkiewicz, yeah, and you, you, you take that, well, okay, that's different. And so it is, um, Again, you go back to the the original take on the New Mutants. It's self-contained, but I think it's it could be, if there are no references to X-Men, this could be a way to kind of backdoor into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. You've got mutants, perhaps no real explanation for them yet, but you can later, like, oh, I mean, because we know that Ryan Reynolds has already said, like, there's a Deadpool 3. Are they going to do that under a 20th Century Fox banner, or are they going to say it's Disney? Deadpool three joins the Marvel Cinematic right. Universe, and then you've got the whole X Men crew in there. But if you've got New Mutants as as a, a story that right. that still fits, you could bring some of those actors in. Yeah. You could you could have those heroes already established. I don't know if you even want to call them heroes at this point because I think for my taste, it's like I said about the Eternals. Like if they do that, that the Eternals right. You can reference the mess to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but you may have a, just a very interesting science fiction story. Yeah. And that's where I kind of feel I'd like to have every now and then. This is where I'm, I'm a little concerned about Marvel and X-Men because the Eternals is going to be about the discovery of a, of a hidden race on Earth. And I'll, then are we going to do another uh, discovery of mutants on as part of Earth that we didn't recognize before? Is is it? Are we going? I don't know. Or you know, again, you're kind of back to that question. Does it have to all be tied together? Yeah. Do we need an X Men in the Marvel C- Cinematic Universe? Now you're starting to talk like DC. Well, yeah, but that's where I'm at. You know, <laughs> because you, you're right. Even with Fox, you so you had the Gifted. Yeah. There was another Mutant X. Was a series. Uh, I think Marvel did 
uh, away from without oh, being. Yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. never watched that. I watched it. No offense to that. It's but like Legion, on the Saturday afternoons. It was yeah, on. yeah, it was a syndicated. But yeah. but Legion on FX was like you know they were coy in the first season at least about a direct connection yeah. to the X Men, and you just yeah, and and to some extent even within Fox you say Logan, fantastic film. Yeah. And there's a case where the end worked, but uh, but it stood on its own. Yeah. And so maybe, oh my God, maybe I am going there. Maybe I'm I'm ready to get away from continuity now. They've done it. They went to the Avengers Endgame, and now I don't know. I just kind of I'm, I'm interested in smaller things. And we this just in uh, it happened this afternoon, and so we can talk about it tonight. Is that uh, speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Scott Derrickson and I just saw on Twitter. See, it looks like his co, uh, his collaborator, screenwriter uh, C C Robert Cargill, have left Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness over the dreaded creative differences. Scott Derrickson, at least, will remain on as executive producer, but that's a nice nebulous title that says he'll still get money because he established a look, tone, and uh, right made a successful first film. And here's another case where I feel a little torn. I guess I understand that you've got to have that they they because they're so tied in now with Disney Plus series for Marvel that and I saw another thing a rumor that ABC is asking Marvel Studios to do a TV show over there. I think the smartest thing that ABC could do, uh, or the Marvel Studios could do, is like oh, uh, three months after it's on Disney Plus. The Falcon and the and the Winter Soldier can play on on ABC. You know, like let I mean, because you can release it on Blu-ray anyway. Yeah, uh, might as well make some. I mean, actually, money. I, I realize I don't know that for sure, but I mean, that's what DC Universe has done. You can get Doom Patrol on Blu-ray. You can get Swamp Thing on Blu-ray. Uh, I think Swamp Thing comes out next month on Blu-ray, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, and and Titans, and so uh, you know. I don't know, but I am disappointed because Scott Derrickson, I thought, did do something really unique and cool. And I felt, again, the Marvel movies that I've loved the most are the ones that have had, um, you know, maybe I may have to to, to take that back. But I, I that that I have felt uh, like they were a insulated. director's a direct well a director's viewpoint. Yeah. No, I'm going to go with it, you know, because I love Captain America, the first Avenger. That is Joe Johnston all over the place. You know, I recently watched the rewatched the Rocketeer. I got to say rewatch. I've watched it many, many times, but recently watched it on Disney Plus and went, yeah, that feels like Joe Johnston. And and first Avenger feels like Joe Johnston. Guardians of the Galaxy feels very much like James Gunn while fitting with the DC universe, Cle- uh, with the Marvel universe. Clearly Thor uh, Ragnarok. That's Taika Waititi. The more you watch mm-hmm. anything by Taika Waititi, it's like his sensibility is there just with a huge, huge budget. And so the same thing is with Doctor Strange felt like Scott Derrickson, a horror film director. Yeah. Done some interesting stuff. Clearly loves the character, just like John Favreau. Clearly loved Iron Man and the, and the movie in which he had the most fighting. He fought the most. Basically... The movies that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where it's been clear that the director has been fighting with Kevin Feige are the ones I like the least. Hmm. Uh, Thor The Dark World, Iron Man 2, and Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. But you go to Ant-Man, you know, again, Peyton Reed. It's not a good triple bill. (laughs) No. It's a watchable triple bill, but more like a... I can go out, cook dinner, come right, back, right, and right. oh yeah, it's still I'm a, assembling Legos I'll on find the table. A, I'll find I'll a it. scene I'm interested in. Yeah. I can do these Sudoku Sudoku puzzles. I didn't say that right, Sudoku. Yes. Anyway, uh, so I, I'm a little disappointed in that. But uh, let's go to uh, I shall speak. Cast news. Speaking of Marvel, there's this rumor. There's this rumor. Rumor. I'm going to just say rumor. Uh-huh. But I said you know. Uh, it came from a couple of sources this week that Christian Bale is being eyed. I love that phrase. He's being eyed for a role in Thor: Love and Thunder. I mean, somebody's standing outside his window watching him. I think there. I think there's some conversations. It doesn't okay. mean he's going to end up in it. Not saying which character he'll be. Uh, most people seem to. Uh, most pundits are saying, of course, Christian Bale being who Christian Bale is, he's done his franchise time with the Batman trilogy. 
is probably not interested in being more than a one-off. But I am amused by the by the thought that maybe he could be Beta Ray Bill. Uh huh. Christian Bale being a deadly serious Beta Ray Bill in the midst of the rest of that would be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I have to admit that I'm not a big Beta Ray Bill fan. I've never, never really something about the the, the character. I I've appreciated the stories it's been in, but. Something about the characters has never grabbed me. I will say this: me. I never like uh, that. I never liked Beta Ray Bill as much as I did when he first appeared with Walt Simonson creating him. There are I some. Give you that. There are some characters that, when other people have written them, it's like we, you know, years yeah. a few years back when it was Mark Wade writing the Champions, and you could tell when somebody else stepped in and did like a, you know, a crossover issue that was tied into some other event, and it wasn't Mark Wade's voice behind that, and went. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, that era, Walt Simonson basically could do no wrong. And it was like, if if you said, well, you're going to be really excited about this uh, storyline where Thor gets turned into a frog, I would have gone, yeah, you would have gone, no. But it was awesome. And it was all Simonson. And I think Beta Ray Bill, I mean, but there's another thing there is one of the things about Beta Ray Bill that was great was he was such a surprise. You didn't see that coming. Right. And and that's the problem. It, then here, where I'm back to when you say like with New Mutants, and again with Love and Thunder, is right now for us as longtime readers who were there the first time. There's very little you can do by the very mention of the character. The surprise is not there. the The joy will be for it has to be with the performance, with mm-hmm. the with the writing. But we're not going to be surprised that this horse like alien picks up. Mjolnir and becomes Thor right. because nobody else had ever done that before. With all the garb and everything. Yeah. yeah. Nobody else had done that right. at that time. And now there's been half a dozen. Oh, for God's sake, I picked up the hammer. No, okay. no you didn't. N- no, but you wondered where I was getting these long flowing claw, blonde locks claw from. hammer. The, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Thor, Stephanie God of drywall. That was yes, me. there you go. Okay. <laughs> Drawer. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway. Uh, and... I mentioned the Batman, Matthew Reeves' uh, version of Batman that's coming with Robert Pattinson. Uh, our Pats, as they say now. Our Bats uh, as the Batman. This is an odd casting choice to me that Colin Farrell has been cast as the Penguin. I think it's actually I'm, – I'm hoping they're going to do what I think they're going to do. And that is make him not the disgusting Tim Burton Penguin – but make him a you know he's in a tuxedo he's an he's a dapper man about town penguin yeah, yeah. I mean and we sort of who just happens to be evil and we sort of saw I mean, but it's just interesting to me because you know well I mean Ro, uh, Robin Lord Taylor on Gotham was not exactly my vision of the penguin though they eventually kind of oh, moved yeah. him into no. it yeah but I bought into that by the by by the end yeah um, which is my love and frustration with with Gotham was that. Just like Smallville. Oh, it finally became exactly what... Oh, now it's over. Now it's over. <laughs> well, all right. Then I want to pretend that suit doesn't suck. Um, but, but you know, we had... Uh, I like Danny DeVito. I, I like Burgess Meredith. And, oh, yeah. Oh. And to think of the Penguin as a tall, um, well-muscled, you know, handsome Irish Dapper. Yeah. I mean, the dapper you're down with. But it's just kind of... It's odd to me, but we'll see. I I I have no reason to distrust Matthew Reeves. Uh, I'm still kind of intrigued by the Robert Pattinson choice. You but, know, I'm pretty sure he's taller than Pattinson. Then he's an emperor penguin. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, so let's go to TV, shall we? First of all, on things in the itinerary, you are caught up, or at least enough into the first one on my list that you can talk about it, which was this past weekend. The BBC showed Friday, Saturday, and Sunday all three episodes of Dracula and I've Netflix. I've watched five minutes of the first episode. Oh, that's all you've seen? That's all okay. I've seen. Well, the first five minutes were very good. Uh, right. You got the snarky nun. You got the snarky nun who is, well, you know who she is. No, I don't. Oh, okay. That, see, dang it. I have, I have suspicions. Your suspicion is probably correct. Because of what was in her bag. Yes. Yeah. That it's, uh, it's an interesting take. Uh, Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis... Finally, we've, we're seeing their Dracula. 
I have no idea how to actually pronounce the actor's name who plays Dracula. It's Polish, isn't he? Uh, but it's Clay. I don't know if it's Bangs, Bong, uh, and C L A E R. I think uh, uh, yeah. So someone, if anybody could tell me how to pronounce, because he was very good, very good. The as you get further into it, uh, so all three episodes were on net, dropped on Netflix on on Saturday. So I binged, and that was quite a binge. And he, uh, it's a lot of body horror. Some really interesting takes on the transformation and very clearly some close reading of how Dracula is actually described in the novel Mm -hmm. and used to pick up and and change things about his personality. The first two episodes are close to Bram Stoker's novel and the third uh, close in that it takes... There are incidents from the novel that you at least see that was the inspiration. Well, the opening is definitely... It, yeah, but yeah. it goes... some pl- Even that first episode goes way out. And then the second episode goes... Takes a recognizable sequence and goes way out with it. And then the third episode is just way out. Okay. Um, I was seeing all weekend long people going, Oh, I didn't really like the third episode. I think the first half of the third episode is really good. And you have to watch it all the way to the end because by that point you've committed. I mean, it's no Flash Gordon. It's no sci-fi oh, Flash Gordon. No, no, no. It's much better. It's just... it's saw. It, yeah, it's just... It, it is... I get disappointed. It just, It's trying to set up an idea about an explanation for why Dracula has the weaknesses that he does. And it... And... I just have this feeling like if you're an atheist writer, I don't mind you being an atheist. Um, I I am not, but that's okay. But if you're going to posit a different explanation than a supernatural explanation for something, mm-hmm. your, explana- your pseudoscientific explanation better make as much sense or more. Than the, the supernatural, supernatural one. one. Yeah, sure. You're gonna if you're gonna hand wave at me, right? Then it better be magic. If you're gonna hand wave at me, and then say no, 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 it makes perfect sense if you think about it. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So, but but I really did enjoy the first two episodes. I'm looking forward it was, to it. It was really well structured, well a, acted. That is a creepy o- opening sequence. Yes, yes, and he is that Dracula is so good mm. and so clever and and some people you know maybe a little too one linery but mm. it's no i i like it and again the third the, at least the first half of the third episode is great i think it was setting up something that they realized they wouldn't be able to follow through on so they kind of switch gears and you can and you'll know what moment it suddenly okay. feels like mm, they lost faith in what they wanted to do so they changed their mind yeah. but we still had the first half of the script of that original vision so um but you know what that's not a bad track record doctor who spyfall part two and now you've seen both because you went to the fathom event i did and that's exciting god i was this was such a great episode i I mean i was trying to think of episodes before that i was as excited through the whole thing and the only one i could come up with was the pandorica pandorica opens and then the big bang those two together reminded me this reminded not the day of the doctor or the time of the doctor where they all you know the 50th anniversary episode no no because it's it's and it's more about the things that are happening in the way they're happening in the pacing and the characters um and the doctor being the clever doctor i mean really really clever although interestingly i i saw some critic some critique uh criticism positive that uh that she's all Jodie Whittaker's version here. There are moments where, because she's Jodie and she's so charming, uh-huh. she pulls off a few things that are almost crueler than anything Peter Capaldi did. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you sort of like go, oh, but it's Jodie, and and, but, and you know, I w- I've been meaning to go back and look at this because there's a case to be made for the Tom Baker Doctor. Was a real bastard at times. I think all of them have been. Yeah, you know, and and that's. But it, everyone thinks about Baker as being oh, he's have a jelly baby. He is uh, funny. I'm but, not going to kill all the dialects. Uh, yes. Daleks and, yeah. Yeah. 
no. it's not going to kill off the dialects either. Yeah. Yeah. No, the the uh, I don't know who the storyteller was. In I was happy. You're going to keep them. Oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get. Te- I'm going to own that. Um, I think you should need a, ri- a, a ribbon made for Bacon. Storyteller. S- st- <laughs> we tell <twelve> stories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I think we're done with Doctor Who. <laughs> Next week, Crisis on Infinite Earths comes back, and yeah. I think we mentioned last week. I feel bad that like. We lost all the. I was so excited at that cliffhanger, and I'm sure like a year ago when they planned that out, they're like, "This cliffhanger is going to be awesome, and we're going to be done. Every, that's all anybody's going to be talking about." But they didn't think about the fact that all the stuff that was going to happen. Yoda, yeah, exactly. Baby, baby Yoda, the rise of the Skywalker, and uh, yeah, know, all and cats. No, because really, <laughs> no, you, you got to think about it's conversation. It's, it's a shame that conversation does not equal box office share yeah but now if the, if if cats could become a midnight movie because apparently in wa- the washington post uh, discovered that there are like groups that are getting together and getting high oh, and God. going to watch cats of together course. and they ran an article like interviewing people and i'm thinking not that i condone this behavior i'm not encouraging it but it's like i could see why the, that there could be this subculture cats could be one hell of a midnight movie yeah, is does our culture still maintain that? But regardless, the publicity, which does prove that not all 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 bad not all publicity is good. good publicity, but the publicity for cats. If that Q rating, nobody know doesn't know that cats exists, but most people lost that there was a crisis on the infinite earths. Um, yeah, but I do want to call it out that, with the exception of, so we got Arrow and then. Um, Legends. Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, to, I think it was today, maybe it was yesterday, the CW renewed everything. The exceptions being that we knew that Arrow was ending and it's right. being replaced by a different series. And Supernatural had already been announced as this was its last season. But those are the only two series on the CW that they did not give a renewal to. So everything's coming back. I was a little worried about Legends of Tomorrow. As much as I love Legends of Tomorrow, it, uh, yeah. it's oh, always seemed to be like it was always on the edge. And no, it's, it's coming back. It's also the one that uses the most special effects. Yeah, it's an expensive show yeah, to I'm do. Yeah, I'm sure it is. The um, I looked forward at the episodes that are coming up, and the Supergirl episode mentions that she's dealing with ramifications from crisis. So is Black Lightning. Black Lightning, it says he's got a new uh, a, a new reality. Okay. And so, so again, I have no idea where it's going. It's just sort of like, oh, they should have just done it in a week like they had all the others, other crossovers. Yeah. And instead they thought, oh, we'll look, give you this, this month to really build excitement, and we didn't have it. Now, they had a poster in which uh, somebody sent me the poster and said, it's awesome, you know. Oliver Queen is his Spectre, and I looked at him. And went, eh, no, he's Oliver Queen, um, w- looking a little peaky. green. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that's okay. I because the thing is, one of the Arrow costumes was very much like the Spectre hood, anyway. Well, yeah, sure, so sure. you know, that's that that's okay. I'm still excited for it, but I realized, like, you know, I had my son for five days over Christmas vacation, and. And I kept saying, you, you want to watch Crisis? And we just always had something else to do. Yeah. And uh, I'd forgotten. You know, the big, I mean, it was a huge cliffhanger. And I'd forgotten what the cliffhanger was. But the, it's the, the, what are they, the Paragons? The Paragons. Are, are that, that's all that's left in reality. In, in a point in, in time and space that is all that's left of all reality. And the, take it. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like an improv class. Okay. And go! <laughs> I, I know. So it, it was like, it, there was a great cliffhanger, and if they had just said, and Thursday night, we're going to show you. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just, but I mean, that's, again, we go, we keep going back to that, that peak TV concept of like, there's just so much that oh, I, yeah. that I, if you you'd only have a limited amount of time to stay in my focus. And... You know, that's, I mean, that's just the the reality. I just went back to finally watching uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, ended a year ago, wow. and 
I'm like, oh, wait, we still have a season to watch. And so we started watching it. I've been so enwrapped with Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. I, know, I, I know, want to get back And I know there. I'm like done the last five episodes and I'm not rushing because they've been so good. You know, there's been a lot of two-parters. And it's that, not even they've been. They were. They were. That was years ago. <laughs> it feels like yeah. a year ago, two years ago. Two years ago. I mean, no. And, and I'm not. And it's, that's the advantage of Disney Plus. And when they say it's like if people cancel Disney Plus after The Mandalorian and then they're going to wait another year, it's like, are you kidding? There is so much to oh, savor. Yeah. There is so much to revisit. And there's so much to just get into. Aladdin just came out on it. I had the Blu-ray. I still haven't watched the Blu-ray. So, yeah, but, I mean, yes. Like, I, over over the break, I had had a week off from work. And I started parsing out things I was watching with my son. We were watching uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. We binged that a little bit because, you know, it's always, it's a good background thing. And then you can't do anything because you start going, did he just... What did he just say? <laughs> uh, but I started parsing out for myself when I had a couple of days to myself of uh, the Imagineering story. Uh, and, you know, seeing all that. Be- and I'm probably going to watch it a couple of times because I uh, it's history that I love. If you're listening and you don't, that's okay. Because, again, there's something for you there. Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, what I really want to dig into, there's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And I want to. Oh, yeah. I you know yeah. I, I haven't seen that in so long. It's it, it's another one that I want to watch. And Did they do an episode of Disney that was from the Earth to the Moon? I don't think so, but maybe. What I would love to see because you know I was just talking about I, I remember the the DVD club, and that's the only way you could watch my beloved Scarecrow of Romney Marsh. Yes, but what I loved about that DVD was they left it with the TV intros, uh-huh. and I would like them to. I mean, this is just me. But it would be fun if Disney Plus actually Included had like a, a a wonderful world of color or you know the wonderful world of oh, Disney yeah. episodes with those. I mean, they have a section called the Disney Vault, but I haven't noticed that there are intros and outros yeah. from the way the series yeah. originally was. But then I haven't I haven't gotten to see like did they do that with Zorro? Did they? I know they did it with Davy Crockett. Um, yeah, but is Davy Crockett on Disney Plus? I haven't seen it. No, yeah, I gotta check because then it's the kind of thing where you're where you're at. I look at it and I go, oh, yeah, I want to see. Yeah. You know, I I used to love that. Like I don't think I've seen a Davy Crockett since uh, maybe I was nine, yeah, or ten, and it would be interesting to go back and watch. And I and like I say, said uh, when I finally got to watch the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh, is it was as good as I remembered, which is interesting. A lot of nuance I missed, a lot of political history I didn't understand when I watched it when I was a kid. But now look at it and go, I mean, yeah, it's a slightly different pace than we would do, but it's I'd I'd love that to get remade somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, that's it. So I shall say, I think this is thanks for listening and hope next week we'll have watched crisis and and the earth will be restored and so will our souls so i hope your spirits are are held up in 2020 have a great year thank you uh, great as if this is the last one of 2020 it's not far from it we've got many things planned in the future i mean we got some exciting news about bacon and that's months away but yep. but i'm um, pretty we'll excited about that. that yeah so anyway thanks thanks so much for listening again i know there are a lot of podcasts out there and you chose this one Really appreciate it. Again, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Have a great week. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use use your powers for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.